Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at WinBig Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, Call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. First Kings 7, 51 through 8, 21. Thus, all the work that King Solomon performed in the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things dedicated by his father David, the silver and the gold and the utensils, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. The ark brought into the temple. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the father's households of the sons of Israel, to King Solomon in Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord from the city of David, which is Zion. All the men of Israel assembled themselves to King Solomon at the feast in the month Ethanim, which is the seventh month. Then all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. They brought up the ark of the covenant and the tent of meeting and all the holy utensils, which were in the tent, and the priests and the Levites brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled to him were with him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priest brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place into the inner sanctuary of the house to the most holy place under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim made a covering over the ark and its poles from above. But the poles were so long that the ends of the poles could be seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen outside. They are there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets of stone which Moses put there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the sons of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. It happened that when the priests came from the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. 
Solomon addresses the people. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in the thick cloud. I have surely built you a lofty house, a place for your dwelling forever. Then the king faced about and blessed all the assembly of Israel. While all the assembly of Israel was standing, he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who spoke with his mouth to my father David and was fulfilled it with his hand, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel from Egypt, I did not choose a city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, because it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the house, but your son who will be born to you, he will build the house for my name. Now the Lord has fulfilled his word, which he spoke, for I have risen in place of my father David and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised and have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. There I have set a place for the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers when he brought them from the land of Egypt. Luke 16, 1 through 13, the unrighteous steward. Now he was also saying to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and this manager was reported to him as squandering his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an accounting of your management, for you can no longer be manager. The manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the management, people will welcome me into their homes. And he summoned each one of his master's debtors. And he began saying to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. And his master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are, sh are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And I say to you, Make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of unrighteousness, so that when it fails, they will receive you into the eternal dwellings. He who is faithful in very little is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can have two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You can see with First Kings seven fifty one through eight twenty one how God had he had prophesied. He'd said before because David desired to build this temple to build a permanent house instead of wandering around uh, with the ark and the tent. God said, if that is, that's your wish, then yes, and build me a good house, but you can't do it. You can't because he told him, you are a king or a ruler of war. You have bloodshed on your hands. You had to, to get this kingdom to where it is now. Uh, but your son, he is a peaceful ruler. He is, he is after the wars. So therefore, he will be the one who does it. 
And David just set on that promise. And he offered some things, some gold and silver and utensils and things to be put into it. But he knew that when God said that, he had to be faithful and not trying to worry about his own personal pride, but to stick with what God said. No matter how badly he wanted to be known as a king to establish this temple, he understood God's way is better. Now, when you take that with Luke 16, this is one that a lot of times, um, I'll just plainly say it. People misunderstand this one. They mispreach it. They mistalk about it. They completely just say, oh, because he's discussing money, obviously this just has to do with money. And that's not exactly it. If you look at the explanation that Jesus gives, and if you look at the consistency of the way that Jesus talks with the parables, the players are the same. The players are the same each time. In this, the manager is God. I mean, I'm sorry, the the owner, <laughs> the rich man is God. The manager is the the church, basically, the people. The people who are doing God's work and managing God's kingdom. And what you see here is an explanation or a parable that is told in the understanding of the way business was done in the time that this, that Jesus told this story. We do business differently today. So if I were to manage a shop, or even easier, if I were a tax collector, a tax collector was told, the Romans would say to the tax collector, you need to collect, uh, we'll just say collect $10. $10 from everyone. The tax collector turned around and asked for 20 and he kept the additional 10 for himself. That's how they made a living. And that's how many of them were looked at as liars and, and thieves. And, and especially if they were Jewish because they were turning their back on their own people just to get rich. But they, the Romans asked for a specific amount and the tax collectors charged above and beyond and then got to keep it. That's how shop owners would also have the people who worked there. If this plate costs $3, you charge five, you get to keep the additional two. You just get me back my $3. So in this story, what's happening is he's a bad manager because he is asking for more than what God asked for. God said, this is my expectations, and this is what I give you the authority to, to keep in line with, with my people. And speaking to the Pharisees, which would really be who he's referring to as the manager, they added so much additional expectations above and beyond what God expected. God's law is not impossible. Man made God's law impossible because man added to it so much more. They they continued to add to what God had as expectations. And so they told the people the larger amount, which was almost impossible for them to fulfill. Therefore, that is the curse of the law. That's where that comes from, is the curse of the law. Well, if um, when confronted, he was asked about it, and 
he went back to try to make it right. And he said, okay, what was it that you owe the master? It was a hundred of oil. Okay, great. Make it 50. Because he knows what the master actually asked for was 50. He added the additional 50 for his own profit. So now, understanding a little bit more of that, you can't serve both God and really what that is, is greed. That's misquoted as saying wealth. That's to just stick with the story of this is all about money and you can't have wealth. That is not what God wants. No, I'm not talking about the poorly, very, um, well, it's not well taught prosperity gospel, which is completely uh, just greedy. That's not what it is. But God does want to pour blessings on us. And God is for us being wealthy, not for being impoverished. That is a poor teaching. Uh, but men tend to take things to extremes. And we've taken it to both sides. But God does want us to, to uh, he knows the plans that he has for us. And it's to have favor and to be, to have prosperity. He's to build us up, not tear us down. But it's for his kingdom's sake, not our own. So now take that back to David. David's pride, he's a very prideful man. And he really wanted to be the one to say, for my name, I want to give you a temple in your name. And God said, no. And David understood if he, if David was going to be considered a good manager, he was going to have to stick with what God asked, not to feed his pride in asking for additional so God, thank you that you give us the opportunity to, to choose. But I just pray that you can give us the courage to choose your way and not our own. That it wouldn't be about our gains, our name, our profit, but it would be about your blessing and your people and your kingdom. Help us to be good stewards and good managers of what you've given us to be responsible for. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope that uh, that blesses you, either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to to spend with your family, uh, some time around God's Word, and uh, of course, that is great. I love that, and I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org. And um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, but again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless.